I am. Um, here's the thing. I think there's this weird like relationship between coffee and Christianity, but I just I don't find the common thread. Like it's like, <laughs> ugh, Christians just. Everybody has to we have... We just come to that cup every morning. Everybody has to have a vice. Yeah. In the past, it used to be that Christians eat, I think, was the thing. But <laughs> ahead, now there's a lot of health-conscious people. So I think for a lot of young Christians, it's... I'll just fill my body with caffeine. I think that... And maybe this is just me being a little uh, judgmental, and I'm sorry if I am, but I think that coffee is just the right amount of hipster with just the low amount of, like, showiness, because you don't want to sound too showy. So you're like, yeah, I'm a hipster. I'm cool. I'm a Christian. I'm like new age, but also I'm not taking that hipsterish too seriously. And everybody right. drinks coffee. I, I go to my grandparent-in-law's house, and it definitely um, proves to me that hipsters do not own coffee. Yeah, <laughs> they just use it whenever they're they the coffee aficionados. So there you go. Of okay, black coffee. I think we're ready to go. Real guys. coffee, they call it. All right, guys, you ready? I'm Zach. And I'm Colin. And, and welcome, welcome to, to the House Plants Podcast. We are here at a different location, super secret location, behind a veil. Very, very secret yeah. location without the AC running. It's like so Camp we're David. we're our bodies, yeah. our time, our gas to be here. So it better be good. <laughs> the Lord is pleased with you. Yes. yes thank you. Our, sac- our little tiny sacrifices. All right, yeah, and we're here to talk about music, media, and, and the, the mission, mission of Jesus. Jesus. Hey, that was really smooth. And what else, guys? Just off the top of your head, what else will we be talking about? Uh, surviving seminary, maybe? Possibly. Possibly. With our two new friends, why don't you guys introduce yourselves? Hey, I'm Kevin Sutherland. And I'm Jason Stark. And these are the awesome friends that we met yep. that are also doing a crazy awesome podcast yep. all about surviving seminary which is why it's called surviving seminary that's the title of the podcast and we will get with them in just a minute we are super glad to have them on and we're going to talk about all kinds of interesting stuff today but first just like always we shall worship <laughs> all right so this is going to be fun because they have humble like they've allowed us to take their intro music which i pestered them to let us do this. Uh, but they, they had this great intro music and I was like, Ooh, I actually kind of like that. And I was like, Ooh, can we just like add some words to it and make it like a little tiny worshipy song about your podcast? So yep. now so it here's is the surviving seminary theme in a form that you don't usually hear it on surviving seminary. Here you go. But here it is. And set me free. Gotta let the spirit take a hold of me. Open the word, shine a light, and set me free.
set me free God of the Spirit take a hold of me Open the word shine a light and set me free Best we ever done on that one. <laughs> sounded, Leave it to God, and then it'll go really good. Really good. Sounded really good. Yes. I love the way that your guitar tones played <laughs> off of one another, and I loved how your uh, kind of your lead licks, Colin, were really just really well blended in, and just the tone was so good. The Thank fill, you. the filling in. That's the the thing you got to remember as a lead player. It's not always about being as flashy as it is about filling in those empty spaces. Jason, how long have you played guitar? Um, I play guitar since well, it's been about sixteen years. Thereabouts. Oh my goodness! Oh, okay, that's a pretty long time. We I know it, you do a worship it song. Sounds more impressive than it is because, like, I feel like with the way life is, I get an opportunity to play like every Sunday or something. So and that's yeah. about it. So for you, it's like it's just always been that thing that you've gone back to, but you've never like like really like pushed hard at it kind of thing. No, I feel okay. like I'm like more like a bassist at heart, which that Ooh. I gave a lot more time okay. to. I gave a lot more attention to that. And guitar has been something that has become more like a, a practical thing, like a pragmatic thing yeah, as, as, sure. I've, as I've become, as I've come into a position as a worship leader <laughs> in a place that needed a guitar sort of yeah. thing. Well, it needed some sort of instrumental center and I was the only one around to, right. to provide that. And so that would be your options are guitar or piano. piano. Yeah. And, and I was, <laughs> and I'm not a piano player, so it and was, you can't just like take a piano with you to a park and practice. So, and, no. <laughs> and Kevin plays the drums. Yeah. How uh, many years <laughs> forever since uh sixth grade, but, uh, I am way out of practice on that. <laughs> All right. I want everybody to get on Facebook or any kind of social media yeah. that you can and vote. We're going to put a poll up. And if it's yes, more than no, then we are going to form a worship team for another comeback, like crossover episode. So next time that we meet, I think we should try and, and we'll it. have a bass player. I would and love a drummer. Opportunity, <laughs> you know? yes. I mean, do you, do you play the cajon? Like, uh, the do, 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 yes. the box. Yeah. Okay. So we have a cajon. Yeah. Right. We got a base. Okay, we I go. have a base. I have two. Uh, yeah. You have one, I think. Dude, we're we're yeah. just. You guys are going to come to Richmond instead, and we're going to make it happen. That's I mean, if you're playing two bases, I don't really know what I'm going to bring. Listen, though. we're so. going to glue two bases together, one for the left and right hand, and you're just going to tap base. That's how good you are. And together, <laughs> they'll probably make up one functioning base. <laughs> before we before we do any of that, we should go ahead and yeah. pray. So. Um, which one of you all wants to pray today for us? Looks like I will be praying today. All right. Sounds perfect. <laughs> we'll uh, leave it to you. Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity for us to get together. Uh, thank you for Colin and for Zach and for Kevin. And thank you for this way that we have to talk about important things, to focus on you, to focus on how you want to build our lives, how you want to turn us into kingdom builders and participators in your kingdom and what you're doing 
So we pray that you would take what we talk about today and that you would season it and that you would make it fruitful and effective for listeners who will get something out of it and be helped. We want to help people. We want this to be like a ministry out to those who want to listen to it. We want to do this for you. And we thank you for the opportunity and the means that you've given us. We pray that you'd be in our conversation and in our midst, that you would be speaking just as much as we are speaking to one another. And we ask all of these things, Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Great prayer. Good job. All right. It's not about him, but also I will say what's sad when you when you pray a lot of times, you never get to include yourself. So I will say thank you, God, for Jason, because he yes. said thank you for the rest of us. Yes. Yeah. All right. So. Before we get into the meat of what we're talking about, let's hear from these two. All right, let's start with um, my, I guess, intro question, which is, before we get into seminary stuff, what do you guys think would be like a good way to like explain how you got into podcasting? Let's say that. Oh, yeah, that's good. Well, I... Uh Jason actually got me started listening to podcasts. We used to work together uh, on our campus here at the seminary and um, really got into it. And I knew it was kind of a passion of his. And I just kind of had this thought one day of like, I've got a lot of information that I have uh, looked into for like um, making seminary more bearable. And so I was like, (laughs) hey, how about we, we get together and kind of talk about these things and talk about issues that people that are in higher ed, specifically seminary, but even other people can find benefit from a lot of that. Um, yeah, you came knocking on my door, which is one door away from your door. Yes. We're next door neighbors. We're next door neighbors. We're kind of like bizarre world versions of one another yes. where <laughs> he's got a household with four sons and I've got a household with four daughters and he's a New Testament studies student and I'm an Old Testament studies student. And Boom. But like, it, yeah. And... It, and beard. Kevin is a beard aficionado. Yes. And I'm not. You know, <laughs> I don't have that capability. Hey, um, same over here. I yeah. mean, you know, Zach's a beard guy. I'm not. So. And, and our placement around the table is just kind of like we've got this. It's a checkerboard. Yes. Yes. Checkerboard. And so our families have experienced a lot together and gone through a lot of challenges together. And uh-huh. so we've formed a very tight relationship between our households. Sometimes we joke that we need to like cut a cut a doorway in the wall between our, our town. Build a little like tunnel through <laughs> I mean our our kids um our our kids from our different households they're they're virtually like siblings in some cases. Mm-hmm. And um we we dread the day when there's this transition where we have to where one of us is moving away or we're both moving away, however that happens. Yeah. But he came knocking on my door and asked me, so um, what would you think about starting a podcast? And so I just, at first I thought like, how are we going to make this work? I don't know what we're going to do. And, um, Kevin was, as he was just saying, was a lot more like on the idea kind of conceptual side of what the podcast would be about. And, um, and I, and I went with that and I thought it'd be a great idea. And I kind of found myself getting really interested in the production aspect of things. And I think kind of together, we've brought these different elements to the podcast that have helped to make it whatever it is and however, uh-huh. however it's improving and where it's going. Um, we both have these very um, kind of unique things to us that have helped us get the podcast to where it is at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's um, awesome. We, we love it. I mean, uh, just like you guys uh, showering our podcast with praise, we like your podcast. Uh, we uh, obviously um, you guys tackle a very, very like, um, 
specific avenue of uh, in that is seminary and uh, we're more like casual and stuff but both of those things are very very necessary uh and i think uh anybody who listens to our podcast would enjoy listening to your podcast so it's very very so too so give them a listen check them out please do uh itunes and many other places like podbean where a lot of you guys pretty much wherever we are they are as well there you go thanks very much thank you yes so zach what are we talking about yeah so um, we have the opportunity to talk to Surviving Seminary, and their podcast is all about uh, seminary and um, the different challenges that that brings. And uh, so we're going to maybe take it outside the seminary world a little bit, and we're going to talk about um, how study in general or seminary can influence you and your mission for God. So we're continuing to kind of talk about the kingdom like we've been doing for several episodes. So, and yeah, if, and if you want to hear the flip-flop, go check out their episode that we're on. Where we're on. Where we yeah. talk about how you can maintain worshipful hearts yes. in seminary situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so, Zach, uh, Very cool. uh, what do you got for them? I've been yeah. talking a lot. So let's hear a little bit about both of your journeys and kind of what led you to seminary in particular. So I was um, going along several years ago. I was pursuing ordination in my denomination, doing it in kind of a non-traditional sort of way, kind of like correspondency, email stuff with different Wesleyan professors who were at different educational Mm -hmm. institutions throughout the country. And at that time, like I was working part time. I was also taking care of our first daughter who was who hadn't been born that long before that. And my wife was working full time and, and that progress ministerially was just kind of floundering. I was also trying to engage in ministry in my local church. And I just found like, it just didn't seem to be going very well. Mm. I, it just didn't seem to be gaining very much traction. I was super stressed out about it for a lot of reasons that are stuff that I, that I had to deal with personally. Mm. But um, at any rate, I feel like there was this sense where I was kind of in a box and I felt like I had this call to ministry and I didn't exactly know what that looked like. And I had this one, I had this, I had this wonder for the scriptures and this great love for the scriptures. And yet things just didn't seem to be forming up as far as what I thought ministry was supposed to be. Cause I guess I just figured that it was either you're a pastor or you're a missionary. Cause I I was in, I was just narrowed in my perspective. And I think it took the voice of people around me, like the spirit speaking through the church and people who are who were wise and cared about me and who could recognize and say like you know you've got certain gifts and certain passions you might want to consider the idea of ministry in a different context and for me that was education and teaching because i loved the idea of mm-hmm. i love talking to people about what's in the bible i love teaching about the scriptures and so the thought of the classroom as ministry to me and a place where students who are preparing to go into ministry could be ministered to yeah. and taught. That was very, that resonated a lot with me. And so we explored different seminaries and, and eventually um, ended up choosing Asbury because uh, its biblical studies um, selection was so rich. And I thought, this is what I want. This is what I want to yeah. do. Yeah. And I knew also that if I wanted to follow that calling that I was starting to sense that it would take actual, um, degree base, like target 
education yeah. that would go a long way. So um, that's what led me to seminary to choose like the Masters of Divinity was um, there were denominational kind of concerns with that, knowing that I would be fulfilling those requirements in a way that was more, uh, I, I, I say official, but I, I don't want to put it yeah. that way for people who are going through non-traditional um, lines toward that. And they, that takes a lot of work too. So do you have certain classes for ordination in your denomination that you would have to take? Thankfully I don't, um, because I had already taken several beforehand that were kind of like the core ones that kind of okay. set that curriculum apart. And then the MDiv that just kind of swept yeah. through all the rest of that. Yeah. And, um, but they do have requirements yeah, for you. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Stuff about our denomination's history and particular yeah. elements of our, uh, of doctrine from our denomination. So, yeah. Yeah. All right, Kevin, what do you want to do? Where, how'd you get involved, buddy? Um, I, in seminary, I kind of, when I got out of high school, I, the worship pastor actually at my church back home, uh, was just kind of, he's also a really good friend. And he was just sitting down talking about what do you need? What do you want to do? Like, what do you feel like God is putting on your heart? And, um, I'm also kind of in the same boat with, uh, Jason of wanting to teach and I wanted to write books and he's like, well, what do you need to do to do that? And uh, I so I went I, I went to an undergrad school. It was a really it was a biblical literature type uh, major, and was loving it. Loved every bit of it. Uh, right after school, I got married to my wife, and I had a great two year plan about waiting two years to have kids. And six <laughs> weeks into our marriage, we found out we were pregnant, and uh, so I kind of like did the whole Jonah thing, and I ran from what I was Whoa. supposed to do. And, uh, like i ran from seminary because I knew that we had, we were about to have a whole lot more expenses. Um, and I wouldn't trade him for anything. He's my first of four, as we said earlier. But, um, so I went off into, uh, and I got a, a job in retail and I was doing all right with that, but it was just not what I was supposed to do. I was really good at it. And so it wasn't a thing of about gifting or whatnot, but it's just like every day coming home and realizing this isn't kind of what really God wanted me to do. And so eventually about eight years later, I finally kind of gave in and, um, came back to seminary, came here to Asbury and got my master's and now I'm working on a PhD in that. So yeah, that's awesome. So it's kind of, um, I don't want to use the non-God words, but it's very fortuitous and serendipitous. and <laughs> Or we could just say that God brought you both together and be real about it. Because uh, yeah. it seems like you guys living right next door to each other. You're both uh, involved in seminary, doing ministry. You both have big families. I mean, it's just... Several times we've worked alongside one another in various places around the seminary. We were janitors in the same building for a while. Ah, so. yeah. <laughs> it's like God's like, no, yeah. you have to do it together. And you're like, yeah. we got, no, you're going to yeah. live next to each Colin other. Colin and I worked in a shoe store together in Richmond. Nice. We did work in a shoe we store did. together, but and we also worked, uh, we also did uh, minister, uh, church ministry across the street from each other. And together. BCM yeah. to... Uh, Wesley Foundation. That's right, yeah. And then we crossed over and both were right. on each other's worship teams. Yes. And did yeah. both churches we've, we've at been the same in time. Of, we've been in and out wow. of the same role. Wild. <laughs> um, what I thought was funny was when we worked at the shoe store, they had the good sense to separate us oh, or else yeah. nothing would ever get done. 
Can we do? Oh wait, that would be Creative Commons. What we what we'd be able to we wouldn't be able to do yeah. it. But one day we did uh, with our mouths. We hummed the Tetris theme and then the Zelda theme nonstop. And and uh, our friend Adam was like, "No, this we can't do this anymore. I'm sorry, you have to go in the back." I been, I got banished to the stock room for five years. But after I did that. retail as well, shoe sales, and um, uh, and then Zach yeah. and I actually are both we both graduated with the same major, which was mm-hmm. broadcasting. Yeah. Uh, uh, bachelor's in uh, electronic yeah. arts and media or something like that. Yeah. It's uh, nice to have a friend that God allows <laughs> you to continually be on the path together. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 And I think, like I said, I, I mean, I it seems very coincidental <laughs> if you just want to look at it with those eyes. But really, I think it's just that God brings people together to do ministry together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. All right. Yeah. So um, I have a question for you guys. We'll just get into the meat of what seminary is all about. Um, I put uh, I put a few in here, so I'll just ask this one right out the gate. <laughs> <laughs> Open the can of worms. Here we go. <laughs> How do we know we, as in the royal we, the every, royal. everyone here? How do we, as people, know or Christians know if seminary is right for us? I think there are a lot of layers to that question. A lot of different. There is. I know it's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah, it is. It's it's one of those things where I was talking about. If you hear a lot of pauses and stuff, you know, that yeah. you can cut out. You know, right. Well, like so. So I'll just I'll put this in a frame of reference, and maybe you can address this a little bit more narrowly. That way, it's not like a huge broad thing. But uh, there are there are tons of Christians who believe that pastors should not be required or that anybody in ministry should not be required to go to seminary. And now uh, the word required is quite a yeah. qualifier, you know, it's like a quite a weird way of putting it, but I think essentially the mindset can, can in a certain frame of reference, say something along the lines of if seminary, you know, is like a thing, why are some pastors who have never done seminary like successful and why has God glorified them? That kind of thing. So what, what would you guys say to that? I, I, to add to that, I mean, there are people who not only think that, you know, it shouldn't be a requirement, but then, I mean, that's a little bit more neutral. Yeah. But on the other side, there are people who would look at seminary very negatively yeah. with the old joke of like, you know, calling it cemetery, you know, uh, where, where yes, your faith goes to die. There is a cemetery right, like, next to us right next to us. And, and, yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> and then I will, uh, so I'll take that the other tact because we, I've, I was just, it sounded very negative, but I, I didn't mean it that way. No, no, I'm no. just, I'm just putting in a frame of reference. So the opposite yeah. uh, angle would be, Somebody who may not feel like they may be not called to be a pastor, and then they go to seminary, maybe yeah. just being led by God. Mm-hmm. They pray about it, and so, and then just something uh, says, "I need to go to seminary for graduate school." And then suddenly they have just realized their spiritual gift, and then they are they are uh, called and answer the call by going to seminary yeah. and then realize they need, they were always intended to be a pastor. Yeah. What God wanted. From yeah. Them. Right. And so I guess my question is how seminary do we, helps those people get there? So, yeah. so what's a good way to know, or, or what do you guys think is a good, uh, I mean, in your personal experience, you're both in seminary. So uh, what made you guys think that that was like what you think you needed to do or what God expected you to do? I think one of those things is that you have to, it kind of gets down to your perception do you feel of the call that God is giving you yeah kind of like when I was talking about I was starting to feel a call toward education as a ministry Mm -hmm. and in a very practical sense and in a very like official sense I guess that does require like certain degrees and kind of like proven 
um, steps forward that you've taken educationally just as far as credentials go and not to be totally pragmatic about it, but I mean, not to make it totally about degrees and like stuff on your wall. But the fact of the matter is, is that with a call toward education as ministry, that would mean that I would have to go through a lot of education myself in order to be ready for that, in yeah. order to be faithful. Can't lead people where you haven't been. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and you're you're almost being uh which I very, very much agree with, uh, this mentality, you're almost being um accountable to yeah. that position. You're saying yeah. that God requires me to know before I step into the field. Yeah. And uh I would say that like <laughs> If the opportunity arose, I would love to go to seminary and learn, even though I know a lot about music, I would love to go and learn how to do, uh, uh, to direct a choir. I would love to, to really finish out uh, some of the theory courses that I did when I was at EKU. I was, I was on track to be a classical guitar major at one point. Um, and then I just kind of, you know, sort of shifted into a different major. That's a whole nother story. Well, God was doing a lot of things in your life. He too. was. And that's a big, yeah. uh, it's about, we're talking to you guys today, but I, yeah. d- what my point was is to say that like, um, when God calls you, uh, you, you know, one of the things is that it's okay to say, God is telling me I need to be educated. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not one of those things of yeah. being like, yeah. This is, you know. So anyway, Kevin, what about you? Uh, how do you how do you know that seminary is the is the right call? Well, I you know I think about my own pastor back home actually didn't go to seminary at all, um, and he knew stuff about the Bible and things that I was learning in my when I was an undergrad and still there. And I was like, man, I just learned that. You know, a whole bunch of us just paid mm. like $1,700 to learn what you just told us in church today because he was paying attention <laughs> to the Bible. Yeah. You know, he, he had some grounding and all that. So I'm not, yeah. you know, it's definitely not something that every pastor has to have. There are those things, though, that, as Jason was saying, like, um, you may be limiting your audience out if you're not um, able to get onto a certain level, like, you know, certain churches, if you want to minister into a church, you automatically have to have, you know, X, Y degree or have been through their program, uh, which is often through a seminary before you can even get there. Um, Yeah. I mean, I will say, you know, it's like you do not have to go through this long, rigorous theological or biblical studies education in order to be able to, to share the gospel. That is, um, that is the Holy spirit working in you and working through you. And you don't have to have gone through that um, kind of education either to hear that message and to accept the gospel either. You know, there are so many people who are never going to go to seminary and yet can go so deep with the Lord and develop such a critical, crucial relationship with him that is fruitful and is kingdom building, you know, but, and so I'm not going to... Um, say that seminary makes you extra saved. It doesn't. No, yeah. (laughs) But when it comes to your understanding of the scriptures and how much you want to be able to teach people on multiple levels of the scriptures, there comes a certain point at which if you just feel that hunger... And, yeah. and saying, like, I just, I have to go deeper in, in, in my understanding of the scriptures, in my understanding of theology in ways that just me reading the Bible mm-hmm. in English... Um, um, on my own time isn't going to do. Yeah. And so there's a certain point at which there's, there's this hunger for more when it comes to, to understanding yeah. and, um, yeah. and capacity to teach. I definitely, um, 
I definitely agree with the hunger aspect. Um, whenever I was first kind of entertaining the thought of seminary, um, there was a pastor, Jake, who was mentoring me, and he was kind of like, he was the first person to mention to me, like, maybe the next step for you might be seminary. You should think about that. And I was just like, I don't know why, but this kind of makes sense. So I asked him, why do you say that? I'm just curious. And he said, you just seem hungry for it. You know, and I think that there's there's a hunger to go deeper into scripture that you just can't really reason <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, and that's yeah. not to say that yeah. people can't um, go deeper in that hunger um, without it. Yeah, it's not to say yeah. that people can't learn more on their own or find things to read and learn from on their own. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, when you're just kind of going along trying to feel your way around and find that stuff, uh, there's a difference for when between that and when you enter into a community where there are truly experts in these different fields who are there to kind of curate and guide you along the way. Um, There's kind of that, that expert aspect about these disciplines and it's a community thing. And so it's not about getting hoity toity or prideful about how much people know it's about this is community and it's a community of people who have dedicated their lives to yeah. understanding the study of the scriptures. Yeah, right. Let's get real. You guys just want to hoard it over our heads like, oh, yeah, you probably can quote every scripture. I'm over here. I can do like one or two. I know Psalm 92 because it's a song that I wrote, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big shot. No, um, but no, I, I'll say one parallel to that, which I think is interesting. Um, my wife, Jessica, is... A, uh, I can't say enough how talented she is. She is... Uh, She's musical as well, but her biggest gift that I think God gave her is her ability to just just to accurately depict anything art art related like on, you know, and so she was an art major for a time at school. And I remember her getting the these like crazy, like detailed, weird assignments and the assignments were like show tension using charcoal on a whatever and all this stuff. Right. (laughs) And so for me, I remember thinking like, uh, this might stress her out. might make it turn her into a, turn this into an obligation for her. But what it turned out is that the goal orientedness of school brought out in her, her like have to attitude and it forced her to like push herself beyond where she thought she was already. She yeah. was fine just sitting around drawing with like a, you know, with the mechanical pencil, just making little anime characters and stuff. But when they were like, do this thing, like, for example, one time she had to do um, she had to do a uh, like a sculpture or something. And uh, it had to uh, it was some some kind of thing where she started thinking about it. And then what it turned into is this like flowery looking. What's that uh, paper you put in uh, birthday bags? Tissue paper. Tissue paper. So she bought a whole bunch of different tissue paper of different colors and made this like flower thing on a stand. Then huh. and then we plugged it into a lamp light bulb and shined down this light and yeah. then we put it in a case like the thing from Beauty and the Beast Rose. Mm, wow. And then you turn off the lights in the class and it was like a, a light. And I was like, she never in a million years would have done that. Ever. She would have been fine just doodling. Right. And so now she has, like, and what I'm saying is... She was pushed to go beyond her... 
limit. And in the same way, I think a lot of Christians can say like, well, I've read enough Bible stuff and I've been to my Bible study. But if you go to a seminary class, which I have not been, but I've been to a few Christian classes, even the small amount that I did caused me to go back to the scripture and really like go deep. And I think for you guys, you come, you come to seminary and you get these, um, classes that may be a subject matter, which you are like very, very like not well-versed. Like, let's say that somebody was like, let's go through Daniel and talk about all of the end times implication. And you guys are just like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea what, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Lost. And by the end you're like, oh, that's right. The different parts of the statue, there's the bronze and this yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. And that means this. And then you get there and you're like, wow, I, I know like a, junk ton more than I thought I did. And now uh-huh. I'm like, I will always yeah. remember that. So to me, it seems like the, there, there's people that complain about the way school is kind of, uh, uh, systematically like formed, but I think for the right kinds of people, especially for Christians who are, are driven and motivated to, to get closer to God in that way, I feel like it really does push yeah. you. So you know. on, on that train of thought, um, I kind of want to know what you guys think is the best way to go into a seminary situation if you are called to it um, and allow yourself to be pushed um, past those boundaries um, rather than just going in and um, not taking all that in. Like, what's the best mode of heart that you can get into? Hmm. it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take your time. It's no big deal. Yeah. So we, I mean, we talked about in your podcast about where your heart needs to be Mm -hmm. at for sure. And when you enter seminary, where, where does that, what does that look like? I think you need to be ready to grow. You need to be ready to face things that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. Potentially, because, um, whenever you go into any one particular class, you usually learn a lot of different ways to think about that particular topic, whether it's the way that you've been comfortable with for years or whether it's a way that maybe kind of weirds you out and and you thought was kind of contrary to the faith. So you have to be ready to, to I don't want to say compartmentalize, but you have to be able to say like, okay, I'm going to be coming across all these things, many of which I'm unfamiliar with, maybe some things that I'm uncomfortable with, but I still know whom I have believed. Yeah. I still know... Yeah. Um, I still know that God is good. The foundations. Right, exactly. And it's like, there has to be a sense in which you can say, I'm going to exist in some tension here and know that I'm going to come out um, of this stronger on the other side, even if it's going to pose some challenges to me intellectually or in my heart. Yeah. Isn't that one thing you said too uh, on on your our our episode of your podcast you talked about like uh, uh what is what is the word that you use you said uh believe in what the research god uh, how do you phrase that um i i had said that this was a professor who had said this in one of our classes that we've had to take um for for phd stuff where he said that god cares more about your research than you do and i think that frame yeah. of mind just going back to what you just said is kind of like um, maybe this seems like a lot of stuff that I may not need or maybe too much for me, but God like knows that it's like good for me. So I just say like mm-hmm. come in and trust, be obedient. Is that what I you're mean, saying? Even down yeah. to the reading that I've had just this from this past summer has been incredibly formative for me as far as laying yeah. foundations for yeah. old Testament studies, wow. even though it's stuff that previously 
and to say nothing of like 10 years ago or something like that, stuff that I would have said, man, that is anathema mm. and you cannot, you cannot go there right. where it's like, wait a second. Some of this stuff actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> maybe there, yeah. there's, maybe there's a little bit of logic to some of this stuff. And so you got to be prepared, not just to be kind of put off balance, but you got to be prepared to choose to understand things in a new way when you, yeah. when you see that there's, that there's reason to them. Yeah. So. And I think that, you know, it's, it's really challenging, uh, sometimes when y- you have all the busy work before you. And so you're, you're just trying to finish assignments and you're just trying to go to class because you can't miss any more class. Um, just those kind of everyday things get in the way, but remembering that everything that you do in seminary is important to God. Yeah. Like you're not, you can no longer claim to be above something that like you're <laughs> supposed to do because God doesn't, you know, see it that way. He cares about it. He wants to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. Right. There you go. Yeah. All right. What else, Zach? What else? What's the meat of this thing? Moving yeah. on to more questions. Yeah. You have a bunch of cool <laughs> ones and I'd rather yeah. not just, uh, yeah. I'd rather let you. Okay. Use. So we talked about coming to seminary and, uh, being formed and allowing yourself to um, experience those formative things. Um, How do you guys feel that the way, or do you feel that the way you approach church and worship has changed at all since you've been a part of seminary? And if so, how? Um, I would say that, you know, I started off uh, my PhD a few years ago, really proud of a 80 page paper that I wrote on a one single letter difference between two words in Greek. And <laughs> What's the word? Just curious. Just it's curious. noon versus nuni. Um, and so there's okay. an E at the end. And, um, you know, it's, it's the fact that you can easily become very, even in seminary, can become very, um, over-focused on maybe analyzing things and whatnot. And so one of the things that uh, I really feel like the Lord has been doing um, in some of the examples of my professors and just the encouragements that I've got is to try to make it more um, applicable to the church. Um, I was always, growing up, I was the quote-unquote church theologian, and everybody <laughs> asked me questions when they had stuff about the Bible. And that's great, but you know, one of the things I've been just really feeling like the Lord has been putting on my life in the last couple of years is to get it to what I'm learning here um, and make it able to be translated to where it's uh, something of value for somebody that maybe will never step foot in a seminary, but Mm -hmm. it it means something to them. Um, And so I'm learning more about, you know, all of these deeper things, but it's this constant pullback to how is this going to send forth the mission of the kingdom uh, to touch people where they're at? Because, you know, they don't never, they won't never, they won't never, they won't ever need uh, to know that one word, one letter difference between those two words, but they need to know, uh, you know, what that has changed in my life kind of a thing. So. That makes sense. Yeah. Because like, well, uh, that's kind of what I was, what I was fishing for, but it really doesn't seem that way. I mean, from, from, just the small amount of people I've met who are very, very uh, ingratiated in seminary now, mm-hmm. they they don't seem like they've lost any of this kind of heart of worship. Yeah. But um, I, I feel like there are people outside of seminary who have never gone that have that fear yeah. that, like, maybe you'll just become an, like an analytical, uh, uh, almost like a uh, debater or something. Like, you can just 
show up with a bunch of info and throw it at somebody like, oh, you don't know about this, 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 and this. It's it's a definite real temptation, though, for a lot of seminarians. Sure. And I'll say now that, you know, a lot of, say, biblical studies, for example, I mean, we look at the scriptures through at a lot of different layers, everything from kind of a compositional stage, you know, kind of the front end, all the way to how the scriptures ought to be interpreted from a canonical or Mm -hmm. or um or a narrative or a literary kind of like final form sort of aspect. And all these things kind of have their little sub-disciplines and their own little boxes that yeah. they go into. Yeah. And sometimes, especially when it goes to those kind of front-end disciplines, sometimes they can get so thorny, and especially when, um, when that's all that you're focusing on, then for a lot of people, um, and this happened over the course of several decades where a lot of the critical disciplines ended up just leaving people in this place where they're like, well, this is not applicable to my life at all. Right. Because mm. we're just, because you're just seeing it through like a cultural, like a, like a historical background, cultural background lens. And, and you're not taking the time to move it forward yeah. and say, these are the implications. I mean, that's the whole reason that the whole biblical theology movement was, was created was to kind of combat this, um, danger that was arising that critical study was going to just make the 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 messages of the scriptures like totally irrelevant and so <laughs> so the biblical theology movement kind of grew out of that and just, so just to resonate with what Kevin said like I am likewise studying stuff that if I'm just telling somebody about this off the cuff in church they're either going to be like that has no particular relevance to anything that I care about <laughs> or they're gonna say like are you sure you're a Christian? And, um, because some of this stuff is like, you know, um, not along the beaten path that a lot of Christians would, um, would be thinking about or thinking is even valid in some cases. And so, um, taking that and saying, let's move this forward. How do we apply this so that it's fruitful in people's lives when we, when we look at the text as a whole, when we look at the scriptures as a whole? Yeah. So. Okay. So in that light. I need you both to answer a question and I need Zach not to answer. Okay. In Genesis 12, in Genesis two, six, it says in the NIV, Hmm. but then, but there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground and different translations. It sometimes says streams, but I looked up and found out that the word mist is also you the same word for mist, and that is used in Job th- uh, thirty six twenty seven, and is translated as vapor. Now, here's the question: Did it rain that day? <laughs> you know, not having looked at the passage, I would probably have to go back and study the passage for a little while and get back to it. No, that, that, no, this was a this is an inside joke me and Zach have. <laughs> where one night, like we used to do this for fun when we were kind of like we, uh, Zach would probably have been a little bit more of a weathered Christian than I. But uh, we had Weathered, these fun. Yes. We had these fun uh, things where we would just pick something that had like. Obviously, that is not the intention of the scripture to debate on this thing, right? But right. and that's the whole point, right? But me and Zach were like, let's just be dumb and like debate. So the Zach's like, There's I don't different translations. I don't know. It says things. streams in mine. Streams. It almost seems like dew came up from the ground, Colin, and then just watered the plants. I'm like, no. It says a mist rose up. What is a mist? 
pretty much a cloud. What is a cloud? A do? mist or a stream. And it rises up and it waters the face. You have the to look at the lexical range of the word, Colin. Right. This so, is one of those this is one of those things where it's like it's funny because it's true, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. that's what the joke we're making. It's, yeah. it's the irony of the fact that there are probably people out there that do that exact thing mm-hmm. and they've done that for a year and they, they don't want to hear the totally. the context of the scripture and why I mean like true. I wanna I wanna go off on this if we weren't already gonna do something <laughs> down the road an episode about biblical criticism and, and yeah. what it's about. You know, yeah, it's right, like absolutely. I wanna I wanna I want to launch off that, you know, but I know yeah. we got to, we got to talk about other stuff, but it's, totally. I mean, but like, so that's our joke is that like, um, you know, people from seminary may sit around and just, they're like, it says mist. And in the Hebrew, it means vapor. Even in the Greek, it means water that rose up from the ground. And this, he's like, well, I don't agree with that because mist could be interpreted as dew using the canonical or whatever. And then, yes, but and really, it matters very much. It matters so much. That's <laughs> the most important debate about scripture. Yeah. Yeah. But, so that's right. our little joke so, debate about yeah. scripture. <laughs> so um, to get back to what you guys were saying earlier. No, um, more about that. Okay, let's get in the weeds. <laughs> All right, let's get now, um, it. <laughs> it sounds like seminary exposes you to um, just a lot of different fields and a lot of different ways of processing and looking at the Bible. Um, but what about kind of the formational aspect? You're going through and you're trying to, to learn all this stuff. You're trying to go as deep as you can in scripture, um, how has that made you approach ministry differently? Like how's it changed your mindset as somebody who's part of the kingdom of God? I would say that it's had, um, effects in a couple of different ways. Some that are, some that are rather positive and some that can be kind of like negative and have hazards to them Mm. where, um, on the one hand in taking things like sacramental theology courses. I mean, I lead worship yeah. at, at my church. You're talking about, um, Colin, how, um, in our episode, and you probably talked about it in other episodes of your own show, how you lead worship at a small church. Yeah. You do, you do volunteer ministry. It's like, I'm right there. We have a small church. I'm, I'm a volunteer worship leader. And it's like, sometimes uh, it, there are just little things that can come along in, in coursework that are just mind blowing to me as far as like yeah. thinking about, Worship not as just singing to God who's up there, yeah, but the fact that worship itself it catches us up in the spirit and brings us into the presence of God, absolutely. And so, in the spirit, we're right there and we're in the presence of God. Jesus is interceding for us, the spirit intercedes for us, and something is happening that is way bigger than the room that we're in or the voices that we're yeah. that we're lifting up. So, sometimes just little. I mean, so from a ministry standpoint, there are some times where little things that I'll come across are just mind blowing to me yeah. and, and they can really change my mindset in the act of worship leading yeah. where it, it means I'm giving my heart to God in, in a completely different mindset than I was before. Yeah. And it can lead to a, a much more fruitful act of ministry and, and, and opportunity to serve. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of it also kind of depends on the seminary that you end up going to. Um, but I, one of the things that I love about Asbury is, as actually, Zach, you mentioned it in our episode, is that we have an actual whole department that's all about formation. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're and, thinking through those things. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, how do we form ourselves as a community? How do we form marriages? How do we form families? How do we form relationships between, uh, you know, maybe singles or whatnot and international Mm -hmm. community, um, and all of those things. And, you know, so 
you won't get an even experience across every seminary um, like that. Um, but I, the one thing that's you know been really, as I was saying, is really impressed on me is there have been times where I'm in a class and I just my whole way of thinking about how I interact with people um, gets shifted um, from seeing people like I'm. You know, I said well, I want to teach, and my very uh, mindset was I'm going to convey my mental knowledge from my head to your head, but you know, fancy. Yeah. <laughs> I've got this little <laughs> USB <laughs> mind meld. Yes. Going in there and it's lecturing, but then it's, it's realizing that I'm dealing with other people that have other experiences that they have things of their own. They, they have independent thoughts of their own. And so uh, just realizing that, they have things to share to me, even as I'm teaching. And then the fact that I need to be working towards, you know, making them a whole person, you know, building yeah. their relationship with God is ultimately going to be more important than making sure that they know, you know, the right preposition to use in this Greek sentence or whatnot <laughs> on that. Um, but just those kinds of things. Uh, and that's what I love about Asbury, um, you know, that we we affirm that God created everything to be good. And so there's not this split between your mind and your heart and your body. And it's all of those things are supposed to be developed. We're supposed to develop in our love for God, but we're also supposed to develop our brain to love God and our bodies to love God. Um, And my body needs work in that (laughs) area. It's a temple. (laughs) (laughs) Mine is not quite a temple, or maybe it's a really big temple. But uh, (laughs) I'm there with you, man. Well, like I had a a, just a follow up to that, uh, Kevin. Um, Zach and I were talking earlier about another kind of like a frame of a question, and I kind of wrote it down. I don't really like the bluntness of this, so I'm going to rephrase it. But originally, I wrote like, "What things can you not get from seminary?" But what I what I really want to ask is like. Uh, for you both specifically, um, and you can either one can answer, but um, do you feel like God gave you a specific gift? Like, and what I mean is like the spiritual gifts or the gifts of office, so what they talk uh-huh. about in the scripture. And if so, how has seminary like built upon the gift that you've got? Like, for example, for you, uh, you're both wanting to be t- to teach, right? Uh-huh. And, and so if let's say that you feel like you, God has called you to be like a, like a prophet, like a, the, the gift of prophecy. We just for, did an episode where we took a five Q test and read Ephesians four oh, eleven yeah. through 13. So that yeah. may be where some of this is coming from. Well, I just, well, <laughs> I mean, if, if, if I'm in the frame of reference of going to seminary, mm-hmm. I don't just say, I don't know what I'm going to do. Right. Generally so like, you have an idea. Of where and so headed. if you felt like for me, if I felt like I was led to musically, I feel like, <laughs> and I'm not slamming myself, but I have always said that I do not believe that God called me to be a pastor. And part of that is my personality. Part of that is that I can't retain information very well. Like I usually on those, uh, in those classes where you just have to remember things and then take a test on like, like <laughs> science, you know, or you, Oh, what is the mitochondria? And you're, I'm like, I think it's like the, the powerhouse of the cell, cell maybe. <laughs> uh, Good job. Or maybe it's, that's the ribosome. I can't remember. And so, uh, so there's a lot of ways that God did not call me to that, but a lot of ways he called me to something else. So my question to you is, what do you feel God's gift? What What do you feel is the gift God gave you and how did seminary build on that? God. I mean, if it comes down to the idea of a, of a spiritual gift, um, if I'm, if I'm looking at teaching, viewing that as a gift that God has given me, 
um, especially to do, I think the first thing that I can realize about it is that it didn't come like fully formed and prepackaged mm. and totally ready to go right out the gate. Yeah. Um, and that, that has been made manifest to me many times sure. um, in, by learning hard lessons about what it means to not teach very well mm. or to not be very effective in communicating <laughs> your right. point. Um, that I realized that when God gives a gift, uh, sometimes it's about the passion and the hunger that we were, we were talking about that, that drives you forward to go seek after that. And mm-hmm. yet there's still a lot of work that's yep. got to be done <laughs> yeah. in the long term, in the slow yeah. grind of things before you're kind of built up into the, you know, being f- more fully um, brought into that vision that God has for you. Absolutely. That it, that it just, it just takes time. I mean, there's scriptural example of that. There, there's, there's scriptural support for that idea in the idea of Paul taking the three years, I think it was. Yeah. Was it three and years? yeah. Yeah. And, and then it's like, and then after we've talked about that years, a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, New Testament guy over here can probably speak a little bit better to that. Than yeah. What I about can. you, man? Are you a, do you find your, that, that God called you to be a, 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 give a prophetic word? Did he call you to be, some people have these different words like shepherd, apostle, that kind of thing. But yeah, uh, you know, some, <laughs> some people just came up with them. Huh? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying? The, the, the way that they <laughs> categorize gifts, where do you, where do you think God called you and how did seminary help? Um, yeah, um, I think a lot of it, you know, I am a, a teacher, but I also feel a little bit of a prophetic uh, call to use the word to critique, you know, some of the things that are maybe messed up in our world, in our church uh, and whatnot. And so getting an awareness of what God says about a particular thing and having that word and trying to make that word apply to our, our own churches and our own, you know, our society at large and things of that nature, a word that is not necessarily completely a rebuke, but is a, a correction. Uh, and maybe it needs to be a rebuke depending on, you know, the person or whatnot, but just this, thing of that nature. But part of that that I've gotten from seminary has been um, realizing that the the courses that I took, there were several courses where I'm like, this has nothing to do with what I want to take. I'm here for <laughs> Bible yeah. only, and I only want the Bible, and I want, you know, biblical languages or whatnot. And, but I have to take these other classes. And, you know, some of those experiences are what have driven me in those classes I didn't want to take that have expanded my horizons to realize that, you know, these are things that also need to be addressed. Um, you know, things of like poverty and inequality of, you know, things of those natures that I've mm. realized as a seminarian, um, especially since this is a season of forced poverty on myself, but it's given me an, an awareness of, you know, those kinds of issues that yeah. face a lot of people that, you know, especially in Kentucky here, um, you know, so just those kinds of classes that were maybe more practical, that weren't what I wanted to do, that I would never have gotten that exposure if I hadn't been in seminary. Right. There you yeah. go. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. So um, I think we have time for one more question, but this one might go just a little bit deep. So... I'm realizing now, as we're recording this, that 
um, there is a question that we ask all our guests, and I'm going to bake it into this other question and kind of combine them. Yes. So normally when we have people on, we totally blindside them. You're right. And we ask this really tough question. Now we're blindsiding ourselves in a way. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Okay, so follow me for a second. I got you. So normally what we ask is how does the church need to change or like, what do you hope God does with the church going forward? Um, our last question that we have written has to do with taking seminary, like what we learn here to the outside world. So I'm going to kind of combine those two. I'm going to ask you guys how, why does the church need people who are called to seminary? And what are some of the gaps that we in particular could explore with our calling and how can we meet that need? Zach, in the German, I would say that was Bundavar. <laughs> Good question there. I'd say we live in such a divisive time. Mm. And yes, we do. Either when you think about that in terms of political divisiveness, um, especially though it reaches into the church, either from one denomination to another, one outlook to another. It's incredibly divisive. It's incredibly unhealthy. And I think one thing that seminary has done for me in particular, it's taught me nuance. It's Mm. taught me the fact that things are always, just about always more complicated than they seem. Uh, Um, I mean, I'm not talking about like um, the gospel message, which, you know, that's something that anybody can come to and embrace. You know, I'm not talking about these core things that, that make us, um, that make us Christians and and bring us into faith in God. But I mean, like there are so many issues that are talked about theologically and in terms of study of the scriptures, you name it, where there can be such divisiveness and people land so hard on their particular both sides believe it's clear cut, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that is a signal, I think (laughs) to say, uh, it's not as clear cut as you think. And seminary yeah. is is like a training ground for that entire mindset to say, mm. you know, this is more complicated than than we make it out to be. We need to take some time. We need to slow down. We need to actually listen yeah. to each other and not just be like waiting for our turn to speak or waiting for our turn to kind of win the argument. We have to learn to really listen to one yeah. another and take the time and the patience to to talk things out with each other. And if we can do that, if we can tackle that divisiveness, then that's a witness that the world needs right now. Yeah. Boom. We talk about witnessing for the work of Christ and, and the, and the, uh, the death and the resurrection of Christ. And obviously we need to do that, but we need to witness to the way that Christ brings us together and unifies us as the body of Christ. And when we're so busy arguing this thing or that thing and talking about whether it was a mist or a, or a fog or a cloud or something, <laughs> then it's like, it's like, People are looking at that like, what are these guys talking about? Why are yeah. they being so like petty about this <laughs> tiny little stuff that doesn't matter, you know? Right. We need to concentrate on the stuff that does matter for sure, and then we need to realize that that stuff matters because it's not simple. Yeah. Exactly. And what do you yeah. think? Uh, I mean, the, the like he said, the question we usually ask is like, what can the church do better? What can the church do away with? That kind of thing. But in terms of seminary... What does a seminarian bring in that can change the whole like makeup of like what he was talking about? Like what, what is our, how does our mindset need to change and how can seminary help with that? Yeah. I I think it's kind of this theme of like seminary broadens your horizon and you learn these opposing viewpoints uh, between different people. 
And we need to go out there and be able to help people, even if we have a very firm stance on things, being able to listen to people and to hear where they're at and to fully understand their uh, place is going to go a lot longer further in developing the relationships that we need uh, in our church. And seminary really allows you to experience that because you get thrown into all kinds of different things, not only just in the, the, the classroom, but people come from all over the world and they have different views on how this is. And you're like, this is my brother in Christ, or this is my sister in Christ. And we completely disagree on mm-hmm. this thing. But the, the fact that they're still my brother, they're still my sister. And how do I like navigate the fact that they believe something that's not crucial to our faith, but I feel very strongly about, they feel very strongly about how can we, you know, reach this middle ground, at least where even if we haven't solved anything, that we respect each other and learn that. And that's what seminary has done for me, at least. Boom. I'd yeah. say uh, I didn't really hear anything because I wasn't listening, but I think whatever <laughs> they were saying about listening is probably really important. Right. <laughs> so if you guys were listening, we would like to say thank you Thanks for, for listening. By. Yeah. To this podcast, and thank you for the Surviving Seminary podcast. Yeah, thanks guys for coming on. Podcast, oh, thank you for having us on. Yes, yeah. it's been a lot of guys. fun. Mm-hmm. Can we just call them the survivors? The survivors. Oh, the survivors. Yeah, <laughs> it would be great to have an episode, like a, a season of the show Survivor, come back. But it's a yeah. bunch of different people from seminary, right? Right. And they just get knocked off one at a time. They lose their scholarship, and they'll uh, two people get. Can you imagine if we had to vote people out of seminary? <laughs> oh my goodness! Because <laughs> <laughs> on that show, they vote them out if they're awesome. So it's like, uh, you know, Jason and Kevin, they have a podcast, and they are going to be like teachers. We want them out of here because we <laughs> they're that's a threat. competition. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it does seem like the, yeah. you can compete with others for how like heady you know and how much you know and yeah, yeah. unfortunately, yeah, yeah. So yeah. we. Really really appreciate you guys input and thank you it's so much great. for talking with us we we actually uh we've been wanting to talk about seminary for a while because zach is going to seminary but it's been cool to get like that uh close perspective on it and get yeah. uh, some good feedback on that it's been awesome so please yeah. check out the surviving seminary podcast that's right check it out on itunes check it out on podbean check it out on everywhere Everywhere yeah. that podcasts do podcasts. Pretty much. And yeah. uh, yep. check them out yeah. also on social, social media. media. They're kind of getting that ball rolling with like Facebook and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you've yeah. helped out uh, with some tips on we're that gonna, some advice. We're going to appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. partner up a little bit. We're, we're not successful necessarily, but we have been more successful than we have not doing social media. So we're doing more than if we just didn't do it at all. So there you go. <laughs> That's in other words, it does help. <laughs> it does even help if it's just a little bit. It is a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, please cool. check us out. Um, uh, just like them on Podbean, uh, iTunes. Zach, uh, we are on YouTube now, and I think I think this is true for both shows. You can actually listen to our episodes on Facebook. Can you not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you guys started that. That's a new Podbean thing, I think. Yeah, it just shares automatically uh, to your yeah. page. Yeah, so you awesome. guys can actually share this episode straight from this link if you're listening on Facebook. So hit share. May I say something too? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've I've heard more and more that these days a very small percentage of people actually find podcasts because they open up their particular app and they're actually searching for a podcast to listen to. Yeah. It's a very small percentage. And so m- most people, the highest percentage of people who go and listen to a podcast too because of word of mouth. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, if you're out there listening, yeah. and if you and if you feel like doing so, then tell somebody about it and, and recommend 
Um, please recommend the Houseplants podcast. Uh, they're so awesome for having us oh, on, and they're just awesome nice. um, in general. Mm-hmm. And um, and if you want to recommend pe- uh, people to our podcast, we'd be very grateful. All Again, right, that's Surviving Seminary, and it's been awesome. Thanks for listening. God bless. We'll see you next time. Peace.